Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. praying the angel of the Lord has appeared there to us in spirit powerful prayer meeting yesterday with our outreach team amen we're so glad to have Claudia with you would you wave your hand she came from outreach baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost she said I'm home I'm home there's a lot of Claudia's amen they're going to come to the Lord on the 4th we're going to be handing out food and water and having a worship service there inviting people and to be around and just being a blessing to the city. But on the 11th, we're going to have a crusade service. It's going to be a deliverance crusade. And I've been praying that every heroin addict in the city that wants to come out is going to be delivered in Jesus' name. God's able. God is able. Somebody shout, God is able. Say with me. For the Lord is able to do exceeding Abundantly, above all that we ask or think, through the power that worketh in us. God, I'm asking you right now to set the heroin addicts free, to put families back together. We want to stand between them, God, in a bad decision, between them and maybe dying, between them and chaos. Lord, we're praying for deliverance for this city. I can't, how many's ever had a, how many's ever had a thought or a song to get stuck in your head? You know, like that kid's baby shark song. You know what I'm talking about. That shark song, you get some, that's funny, but the serious part is I've got this heroin addict stuck in my head. I can't get away from it. Somebody in this city has been saying, God, if there's a God, would you send me somebody to set me free from this? I can't do it on my own. Amen. Jesus is coming. The anchor church is coming. Amen. It's the body of Christ. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to lead them out. How many believe that? We're going to lead them out. They're going to come out of alcohol. They're going to come out of fear. They're going to come out of suicide and depression because Jesus is coming and there's faith in this building. Amen. Somebody shout, take it to the streets, Pastor. We are. There's a vision that water's flowing out of this church, going into the streets. We're already seeing it happen. Miracles are happening. Everybody watching online, we're so glad you tuned in today. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that's watching online. And to you who are here today, happy Father's Day. Link up with your neighbor if you're comfortable. Link up with your neighbor and pray for them. I want you to ask God to touch them in their spirit. Would you do that in Jesus' name? I pray for our neighbors right now in this room that the love of God would set upon them that they can feel what I feel. These families that are praying together right now, these friends that are sitting together, that your spirit would touch them and move them and heal them. 
going to be praying for Brother Dylan this week. Or, hadn't he been a blessing to us? He's coming back a little over a week. He's going home. He's flying home tonight to take care of family matters after the loss of his dad at only 55 years old. Tragic death. About a week ago, he's going home to take care of that. We're going to, we're going to be covering him in prayer, aren't we? Amen. We love you, Brother Dylan. Thank you for already blessing us. We, we have been blessed today by his, by his music and his ministry. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, reading with verse 19. Matthew chapter 2, reading with verse 19. Man, I feel the love of God in this room. You're not too far from God for his arm to reach you. His arms will reach farther down than we can reach up. You're not too far to be reached. Somebody's in the room today questioning whether God loves you or not because of your lack of time with him and maybe decisions you've made, but the Lord loves you very much. His love for you has never wavered never wavered. He loves you. Somebody say amen. 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 Jesus loves me. Yes, I For the Bible tells me so. Little ones him belong. They are weak but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Verse 19 of Matthew 2 says, But when Herod was dead, Everybody shout, Herod's time is up. Look at your neighbor and say, Herod's going to die. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. Those that were trying to kill Jesus are now dead. I like to preach from this portion of scripture. Bring the baby home. Bring the baby home. Amen. Everybody say, bring the baby home. God bless you as you are seated. Egypt is a place that represents a sinful state. It's a place where the children of Israel seemingly would go into bondage, representing sin, slavery. It was not the final des destination of Israel, but was mere a stopping point. And uh, same way, this earth is not our final destination. How many believe that? You'll find that Abraham, in a moment of fear, 
when God said, I'm going to bless those that bless you and I'm going I'm to curse those that curse you. He comes out of that meeting with God, a very powerful meeting with the Lord and a famine hits the land and just like all of us normal people, he gets scared. He goes down into Egypt. When he gets down into Egypt, he starts fearing for his own life, gives his, lets his wife be taken by the king and God has to move in a dream just to save Sarah from marrying the king that was there. And uh, when, when Sarah came back in his life, they returned to Bethel. Everybody said, go home. When they got to Bethel, he rebuilt the altar asked God to forgive him and said, Lord, I'm going to walk in faith from here on. You'll find though that Abraham went to Egypt because of children following him. We're going to go to Egypt. Joseph, Joseph took them into Egypt for a season. It was prophesied they would go there for 430 years. But Joseph understood it will not always be where the people of God dwell. They're coming out of Egypt. They're going to a land that floweth with milk and honey, a promised land. And we see that when God brought them out of Egypt, he washed in the Red Sea every Egyptian soldier. He washed away their past, all the bondage, and amen. Somebody shout, he set us free. They would sing about the Passover and how God brought them out. Egypt represented a place where he did not want his people to dwell. With that being said, why in the world did God speak to Joseph in the New Testament? I've been preaching about the Old Testament. The angel came and said to Joseph, Jesus's earthly father, and he said to him, get, get the child and get the mother and take them down to Egypt. Go to Egypt. The reason they went to Egypt is because there was a king of Rome and his name was Herod and he sought to kill the Lord. We can read in the scripture, it's, it's the Christmas story that we hear every December, but it goes something like this. When Herod heard that Jesus was born, rumor spread that a baby was born who would be, everybody say, king of the Jews. When he heard that there was a king of the Jews, his position was threatened. And so he had some wise men that, that went to go find Jesus to worship him. And how many know when they saw the star? They were what? They re rejoiced with great joy, exceeding great joy. When they got there, they gave gifts to this child, the king of the Jews. He's still my king today. Can you say amen? He is my king. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the ending, which is, which was, which is to come. Somebody shout the Almighty. They gave him myrrh and frankincense and gold. They gave it to him. They fell down and worshiped him. There was a star hung in heaven that led them there. And these wise men were there. And so they got up after worshiping him and giving him their gifts and honoring Jesus who would come to this earth as our savior. They were gonna go back and an angel appeared and said, don't go, go to Egypt because Herod has sought to kill Jesus. His intent was not to worship, his intent was to remove him because in his mind, he was a threat to him. I wanna say to every Joseph in the building that those children that God has given you have a divine purpose. 
now the body of Jesus Christ. We have now been born for a specific role to make a, a difference in our generation. Do you believe that? Oh, I remember when Sawyer was born, we had decided, Lakin, Lakin I think was 17 months old and uh, when Sawyer was born, but when Sawyer was born, we, we didn't know what we were gonna have. We did one of those surprises. It was one of the greatest surprises of our life. And I had this thing called a gut feeling. How many of you men got gut feelings? You know it's always wrong, at least 50% of the time. Now when the wife says, I've got a feeling, you know, you better listen, she's 98% right. That's men, this, us men, you know, we think, well, I just feel like, uh, you know, men are factual. They're not really feelers. And uh, we walk by sight and not by feeling, you know. That's why the church is called a bride because they got to walk by faith and not by sight. But we like facts on the table. But every now and then we get, you know, we step out and we step out and try to act like, you know, your gut feeling is nothing but hunger pains. And uh, I told my wife, you know, we didn't get an ultrasound. I said, it's going, I really feel like it's going to be a girl. I'm like almost 100% positive it's going to be a girl. And, uh, and she, I can't remember what she said, you know, uh, but I had this feeling it was going to be a girl. When Sawyer was born and he came out of the womb, it's a boy. It's a boy, I said. I said, Cindy, it's a boy. I got so excited. I took off running out the door, down the hallway. I, I think Danielle and Joe Lynn Iscardo were there and my father-in-law, I think Ashley Harrington was there and I ran down, they were asleep four o'clock in the morning, you know, waiting on the news. It's a boy, I said, it's a boy. Man, I turned around and I ran back to the room. When, by the time they woke up and heard and realized it was me, they said they looked down the hallway, I was already gone. I, it was so exciting, this baby boy, was born, but it's not just a boy. It's not just a baby to eat at my table and go deer hunting with me, fishing with me, riding four wheelers and, and uh, stealing my candy out of the, eating my cereal. Are y'all with me right now? And, uh, and here we are, it's not just a boy that's born, but it's a God given boy. We gotta start seeing things for what they're really, what they're worth to us. They are gifts from God that the Lord has placed them in our hand. And I believe we can't just look at them as another citizen in our city. We gotta look at them that God has destiny for their life. If you believe that, say amen. We're fearfully, we're wonderfully made in the image of God. And you gotta realize that God has spoken to Joseph through an angel and said, that which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. He's gonna be the savior of the world. You know what we need in 2021? We need dads who can hear from God and believe that angels are with us. We need men that can pray and be sensitive to what God's gonna do in our children's lives. And you'll find that here is this baby boy and the Lord speaks to Joseph and says, they have sought to kill Jesus. I want you to take the mother. They didn't even... It was Mary, but take Mary, take Jesus down to Egypt and I want you to go there. Now, why in the world would the angels say go to Egypt? Because Herod's trying to kill Jesus. I want you to understand the parallel here today. There are some times that our children take wrong roads. There are some times that our children take paths that we would not choose for them. How I many know it's true? 
There's sometimes disappointing moments that those we love don't live up to the expectations in which we set. And we know this was gonna happen. And the Bible says they went to Egypt to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. There were some things that are gonna happen we have to understand that Jesus made no accidents and there were no wrong turns and Joseph and Mary were doing what they were supposed to be doing to go to Egypt. It was predetermined. It was set in stone. This had to happen. Bear with me. Judges 14 talks, tells a story about a man by the name of Samson. How many's ever pictured Samson? What do you picture? You picture a guy like the seven foot. He's got biceps the size of stovepipes. He's a man. He probably looked like me. <laughs> Don't hurt my feelings on Father's Day. Mike Teha and Mike, Mike and Mike, why y'all laughing for? Don't make fun of me here today. That's my friends. I'm so glad they're here. Your dad be so thankful you're here. I love y'all. I mean, my lands, if, if the Samson that you all picture whips a lion and slays a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey, you'd say, he is bad to the bone. If I did, the Lord is with you. <laughs> Y'all know it's the truth. Samson, the hand of the Lord is upon him. There is so much power upon him. There is so much destiny in his life because the Bible says an angel appeared to his mother and said, he's gonna be a deliverer of the Philistines, of the children of Israel from the Philistines. God's gonna do this. He is, you'll go back so far that there's so much prophecy over Samson that you've got to go all, all the way back when, when Jacob or Israel was dying and, and he was blind and he brought the boys in. They called the family and he starts prophesying. He said, and out of Dan is going to come a judge. Well, Samson and his parents were Danites. They were the, of the tribe of Dan, descendants of Dan. Samson was the fulfillment of Israel's prophecy. He's going to be a judge. He's going to be a deliverer. But he only has about one good verse. And the Spirit of the Lord moved up him from this camp to this camp. And after that, he went down to Timnath and found a woman of the, of, of, of the world, of the Philistines. And they said, why are you always trying, why you always got to find a girlfriend somewhere else? Why don't you marry some of your own people? And, uh, but there's this verse in Judges 14. It says, it, 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 it says it this way, verse five. It says, they knew not that it was of the Lord. I'm not saying that Samson's decision to marry the wrong person was of God, but God was saying, I believe the scripture means that God's gonna bring good out of his bad decision. You see, I realize decisions become destinies. How many know that? Desires lead to decisions and decisions become destinies. I realize that. But you have to realize that all we like sheep have gone astray. Every man turned away by his own lust. All of us, sin means to miss the mark of your destiny. That means you took the wrong road. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get back on the right road. Took a wrong road. You, you detoured away from God. Samson was trying to please his flesh, do what he wanted to do, and he took a wrong road. But there's this powerful statement in verse five. Are you ready? Look at Judges 14 and five. It says, then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath 
and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Samson didn't just detour himself, but it appears that his parents went with him. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't declare. It, it almost disappears at this moment. I can't say that they went and got a hotel room in Timnath. I, I can't say that they transferred their post office box to Timnath, but at least I know they went with him in spirit. Let me just word it this way. You're going the wrong way, but I'm not giving up on you. You're making bad decisions, but you're still my son. You're going the wrong direction, but I'm still your father. And I know, you know, I don't agree with you, but I'm not done. I'm gonna be here no matter where you go. I think we've gotta be careful to make our children to think that if they don't live up to our level of expectation or perfection, that we don't love them anymore. We're not in this for them to be perfect. We don't love them according to their performance. We gotta love them because they're ours and God said, I'm gonna do something in their life. Love is unconditional. I say to every father, you can't just say, well, I'll wipe my hands off of them. No, I'm done with them, I, I'm finished, I've done all I can do. No, it doesn't work that way. You go the wrong road, I'm going with you. You take the wrong path, I'm going with you. You make a bad decision, I'm not gonna stop loving you. I'm gonna be here. You are my son no matter what you do. That is the love of the Father. That's the love of God. Come on, how many believe that is the love of the Lord? Samson, you're making bad decisions. Samson's going the wrong way. But I've got a word from the angel. I've got a word from God that he's gonna be a deliverer. He married the wrong woman, it turned into a mess. He, he's chasing another woman by the name of Delilah that's trying to kill him. But God has a way of turning things around. And what the enemy meant for bad, God is gonna turn it to good. Oh yeah. He ends up blind. He ends up in a prison cell. He ends up in the wrong place. But you know what? There was something in him because of the love of a parent that said, you know what I think? I made some bad decisions. I went down the wrong path. I've done things that opposed the teaching I was raised in. I've done things that have opposed the way of God. But you know what I think? I think if I call on God's name, I believe God loves me the way my daddy loved me. And I believe he'll hear me one more time and I'm gonna bring, bring vengeance on the enemy that attacked me. You gotta understand when people backslide, it's not necessarily because they're evil. It's because they're human. You have to understand sometimes because people go through things, there's one reason. It's because the enemy knows what they have and who they are. Can I say, we can't let the enemy know more things about our kids and we forget the destiny of our kids. The reason the enemy's trying to kill Samson is because he's a threat to the Philistines. He's a threat to the enemy. He's gonna set his people free and the enemy's doing everything he can to stop them. That's why the enemy's doing everything he can to stop this generation because this is the last Trump generation. This is the last one. This is the generations God's gonna use and he'd love to take you out. He'd love to remove you from here. But you know what? Jesus said to Simon Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat but I prayed for you that your, that your faith will fail thee not. 
Amen. There's some decisions you're going to have to make as young men. But you got to realize, I want to become who God wants me to become. I'll tell you what I feel here right now. There's got to be a David in the building that when a lion comes out of the woods and grabs a lamb, that you say, you can't have one. You can't have one lamb. Because the nature of the beast, if he gets one lamb, he's coming after another lamb. After another, there's got to be a parent that stands up and say, you can't have my children. You can't have my babies. You can't have my kids. I'm going to fight you with everything that I have. You're going to tend that, I'm going with you. Because I'm going to put a shield around my children. Somebody shout, fight for the babies. Amen. And so that's exactly what happened is that they went with him at least in spirit and covered him when they knew he was going the wrong way. I wish this church would embrace that today, that when people are going the wrong decisions, they're hanging out in the wrong places, they're dating the wrong people, they're living the wrong life, that we don't, we don't, we don't judge them harshly, we don't come down on them, we don't isolate them, ostracize them, we love them in the process. Go with Samson. Come on, I'm preaching to a dad here today. Don't give up on that kid because God's about to turn that thing around. Somebody shout glory. glory. A woman of Tekoa in 2 Samuel. How many know Samson did come back? He had more victory in one day. I'm wound up today. I am. Samson came back and had victory in one day because he believed God hadn't give up, given up on me. Let's love our kids in such a way that when they do wrong, they don't say, don't tell my parents. They say, call my, call my dad. Let's, let's have a church that when people make a mistake and get to a low point, they say, hi, they'd never let me back there. No, I'm going to the house of God. I got to get back there. That's what I need. That's what I'm missing. I, that's what I'm supposed to be. I'm in the wrong place. Come on, that should be the heartbeat. I was talking to a backslider one time and talked to them and when I was hanging out with them and talking with them, they, they knew the language of scripture. Church talk. We were just talking about talk. Somehow got on church. They knew it so well that I forgot that they weren't in church. They were talking about the things of God. Things of God. And they hadn't been in church in many, many years. Maybe dozens of years. They just, it was so natural for them because when you train up a child, it doesn't depart from them. And I said, finally it hit me. Oh my goodness, yeah, I'm, I'm talking all this scripture and this stuff to this guy. You know, it just, you don't do it. I wasn't preaching to him. I was just talk, hanging out. It just led that way. And, and uh, I said, I'd love for you to come to church soon. Oh, you'd let me come to church? He said, I dip snuff. I don't care. I'm not saying you should. Well, hold on. He said, you would let me come to your church? Know when I do that? I was blown away. I was as blown away with his question as he was with my answer. I said, you're not going to get saved sitting on your couch watching TV. You need to hear the word, church. You know, I'm, I made a mistake. I, I, I fell asleep at the wheel and wrecked my car. I'm sorry, we're not letting you in the ambulance. You, shouldn't have, you should have slept better last night. Oh, I, I made a mistake. I got close to the edge and fell down, broke both my legs, broke my wrist. And oh man, well, well somebody called the ambulance. Well, you, we're, then the hospital's not gonna let you in. It's your fault you fell off the ledge. Yeah. 
It doesn't work that way. We don't care why you got hurt. We just want you better. We take an oath. We take an oath before God. Doctors take an oath in their medical profession. We don't care how you got hurt. Our job is to get you healed. That's our job as a church. When the prodigal son showed up and he came to himself, he didn't say, I go to my father's house. That's preached for a lot of years. I probably preached it wrong, but he didn't say, let me go to my father's house. He said, I go to my father. He understood the nature of the father would love him in any condition. He's got hog slop on him. He's got mud. His, he's, he stinks. He hadn't bathed in a, in a month of Sundays. He stinks. He's a mess. He's been in places. He feels shamed, but he does not feel that his father will sh feel shame. He makes this thing. He feels shame, but he's not questioning whether the father will receive him. Or not. He, he, he said, I'm not worthy to be called thy son. I messed up. You didn't mess up. It's my fault. I'm not worthy to... It wasn't that he didn't think the father would accept him. It's just that he didn't feel accepted to be the son. If he didn't think the father would accept him, he would have never went to the father. But he said, I go to my father. Nobody gives me. Nobody. I'm going home. I'm going home. You see, the father would bring, was bringing him home without the father knowing where he was. Because the father built such an atmosphere in the home that knew, no matter where you go, son, I put something in you that's gonna pull you back. And that is, I'll love you, I don't care what you look like when you return, how far you go, I am your, doesn't matter how many harlots houses you've been, how many bars you've been to, what you've got in your blood. I wish we understood that today. And it is not our job to judge their level of performance and hand out them some level of love based on that. That's not scripture. All of a sudden, you got to understand and hear me. The love of God is so merciful that it is paralleled in a story between King David and a son by the name of Absalom. I realize here today I'm sharing several stories. Are y'all on track with me? I haven't left Jesus in Egypt. Don't worry, we're going to get him out of Egypt. We had a son by the name of Absalom that killed his brother because of a bad incident that happened. happened. And uh, Amnon made a terrible decision because of the influence of a bad friend. Some people make decisions because they have their own friends. They end up in Egypt because somebody led them there. I mean, no, that's true. I've seen good-hearted people make bad decisions because of who they're around. Amen. And uh, Absalom gets mad at what he did and kills Amnon. David gets mad at Absalom and Absalom flees to his mother's father's country and is gone. He is banished for a period of time. It, 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 you can tell they're strained in the scripture between the father and his son, Absalom, all of a sudden on a day, Joab thinks Absalom should come home. Joab's trying to reconcile the relationship between father and son. So Joab hires an actress. She's known as the woman of Tekoa. The woman of Tekoa, she puts on a widow's garment. She's got on a mourning garment. She comes in weeping. She's good. I, I think her, 
Um, I think her address was in Hollywood. She's good at it. She probably got a Grammy for this presentation. Maybe not Grammy's not actress. I don't even know. What, is it something else? Which one is it? You can tell I don't watch TV. <laughs> Academy Award. Thanks for helping me. She comes in crying. She's weeping. Comes in before King David. He said, well, tell me what's bothering you. She said, I'm a widow. My boy has gotten a fight and one of them killed the other one. Oh my goodness, are you serious? So now the men in the village are gonna kill my one son that's left. And the king puts the hammer down, you know. He says, will not happen, I'm gonna protect your son. She said, then why won't you bring Absalom home? Why won't you bring Absalom? She, she, she coins this term that I hope all of you will gather to get today and take with you as fathers, parents, people of God, siblings. Let's see what it says. 2 Samuel 14 and 4. Uh, 14 and um, uh, excuse me. I'm in the wrong book here. One moment. 14 and 14. Let's look what it says. 14, verse 14, I'm sorry. Look what it says. For we, for we must needs die and are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person, but everybody say yet. Yes. Doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. What that means is when you've made a wrong decision and you've been banished from him. Backslidden state, got offended at the church. Somebody didn't do you right. You started questioning things that weren't, led you away from him, made mistakes. Guess what God will do himself? He's gonna create a plan. Everybody hold your hand up about like that. Everybody say that's called time. God is outside of time. So hold time down like this and look at time. He declares the end from the beginning. He sees beginning and the ending. God sees two years from now, three years. He knows what it takes to step somehow. Only God, you can be here on Sunday and he's working on Tuesday. I know his thoughts toward me, Jeremiah said. They're good and not evil to give me an expected end. And what God says, I see them here. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is 1987. I, I see 1987, but I, I'm going to come down here and I'm going to come down. Oh, right here. I'm going to jump right here in 2021. And I'm going to preserve them toward the time. And I'm going to get in their way and I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring somebody. Come on. You act like you're not getting any younger. She's a giver, isn't she? I'm going to put somebody that's going, that's prayed in the past, prayed in the present, and praying in the, I'm going to put somebody in the past that witnesses the situation. It's, you're a situation that comes up in their life that all of a sudden the awakening says, what am I doing? What am I doing all the way out here? I'm in Egypt. Yeah, I don't belong in Egypt any longer. Egypt's not taking care of me. Egypt's not here. You know, Egypt doesn't feel good anymore. 
the stuff I've been using, the stuff I've been taking, the people I've been hanging out with, all seems to be empty. You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to look back to pre-1987. And there was this place that I had that felt home, it felt complete, and it felt right. I think I'm not going to wait to 2022 because it's just getting worse in 2021. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home. Because when I get home, there's something there waiting on me that was told me it was unconditional. Sister Judy Reinhart, 17 years into it. And you said, Egypt's not for me. I think I'll go home. And when you came home, it was restoration. There was a father, oh my lands. I, I don't think they had binoculars in, but they might have something like this, I don't know. The father's looking out of the window. Hey, 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 wake up, wake up, hey. Listen, come here, come here, hey, come here, come here, hey. What is, what is, what? That's my son, he, he's been gone for a long time. That's my son. And he takes off running. Only place in scripture where the father runs. And he, he, there you are. Oh, you stink. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Chris, come here. You're dirty. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't care about any of that. <laughs> My son. The Bible doesn't call him a prodigal. You called him a prodigal. My son, come here. Man. My son that was lost is found. Dead. He's alive. Oh. We need to hang out more. Yeah. Hey, he says, come on, walk with me, walk with me. Okay. I'm not gonna make you preach or anything today. Maybe next Sunday, get ready. Yeah. But Chris is my friend. What he was saying in that long walk back is I don't care where you've been. You don't have to tell me what you've done. All I care about is you to be restored and safe. He represents, he's a great man, I love him, faithful man. But he represents what all of us at one point needed. We just need to still be letting on. We're still loved by God. He still loves us. He covered up the mess. He put a ring on his finger. He put shoes on his feet. And when he got done with him, he looked like he did, just a little older. He looked like he did when he left. He, he, what he was saying was, don't call him according to where he's been. Call him according to who he is and who he is. He's still my child. He's still my son. Amen. Thank you, Brother Chris. What I've come to preach to you today is there's a lot of sons that are living in Egypt. But guess what? Herod that's trying to kill them, that pushed them in that direction, they're hiding behind a bar. They're hiding behind a bottle. They're hiding behind addiction. They're hiding behind success. They're hiding behind all kinds of things that they feel. But guess what? One of these days, the thing that pushed them out of Israel is going to die. Herod is going to die. The thing that's trying to kill them is going to die. And when Herod dies, guess what? Joseph, bring the baby home. Bring the baby back to Israel. He's not to live in Egypt forever. Bring the baby home. Let's all stand to our feet. Somebody shout, bring the baby home.
Come on, shout again. Bring the baby home. You're hiding behind wounds. You're hiding behind hurt. You're hiding behind jealousy. You're hiding behind things that say God didn't show up in time. God didn't do what you wanted him to do. And you took a road and Herod, Herod came after you with a thought. Herod, 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 who represents the source and the root of our flesh. And Edomite, he represents our fleshly nature. Flesh that want to live for God. Flesh that, but guess what? There's going to be a moment that your flesh can't be satisfied with it anymore. There's going to be a moment, flesh, you can't, you can't make enough money. You can't have a nice enough things. You can't take a, a, a long enough vacation. You can't consume enough of it that you feel empty. So why did Jesus go to Egypt? I'm going to tell you why he went to Egypt. He went to Egypt so you could come out. Why did he go to the grave? So one of these days we can come out of the grave. He became sin that we could be forgiven of sin. My goodness. The grave could not hold him. And Egypt couldn't keep him. Joseph! Herod's going to die. And when he does, you take that baby back to where he belongs. And guess what? I feel the loving arms of a father here today that says, you don't have to stay in Egypt. Come on. Come on home. I wish somebody helped me preach. I say, come on. Come on. I want you to do it. Say, come on home. The Bible says the spirit and the bride say come. It's not just the father calling, but the church is calling. Come on home. Everyone at it, come on home. Alcoholic, come on home. Sinner, backslid, deceived, come on home. There's a robe waiting on you. There's a ring for your finger. There's a ministry upon you. There's shoes for your feet. Somebody shout, come on home. God's devising means all over this city. He has sent angels to homes. He has sent angels to places. He is speaking to people. There are people right now that's taking a hit last night. They're saying this, I want it to be my last one. It doesn't do for me what it used to do for me. There's people in this city that have taken the last drink. They say, I don't want to drink it anymore. I don't want There's people in this city that say, I'm sick of gambling. I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm sick of lying. I'm sick of cheating. I'm sick of the relationship. It's not satisfying. Guess what? Herod is dying in Zanesville. Let's go to the place where there's blessing. Let's go to the place where there's inheritance. Let's go to the place where there's anointing. Somebody shout, bring the baby home, pastor. They're addicted today, but they're not going to be July the 10th, uh, July the 12th. They were drunk last night. They weren't here today. Oh, well, they will be. Come on, I wish somebody would get with me say, Herod's dying. Look at your neighbor and say, Herod's dying. Joseph, are you ready to bring the are you ready to bring the baby home? I wish there was a parent in this building that would have run up to this altar and said, My babies are coming home. Come on, I, I don't care if your baby's 40, they still your baby. I don't care if your baby's 75. It doesn't matter. I don't care if your baby's 13. It doesn't matter. I, my, my children are going to be delivered. They're in Egypt right now, but Jesus went to Egypt.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.